Welcome to the Dental Marketing Secrets Podcast, where we provide insight and feedback on what's working right now in the world of dental marketing so that you can grow your practice, serve more patients, and leave a greater impact in the end. I'm your host, Mark Thackeray. Hello, and welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Dental Marketing Secrets Podcast, where we provide actionable tips and strategy and tactics to help you grow your practice so that you can serve more patients and leave a greater impact because that is what it's all about, my friends. So excited to be here with you. My name is Mark Thackeray and I'm kind of chuckling because right before recording this, my youngest daughter, Annie, was just screaming her head off (laughs) just up and down the hallway. And I laugh because that is, you know, one of the joys of working from home, right? (laughs) Uh, But I also want to say that that her screaming is no way indicative of the type of content that we have on on tap for today, <laughs> just so you just so you know, um, but I just finished a tremendous conversation with KJ Jordan, who is a practice solutions business developer for Benco Dental, and we dive into this topic of revenue analysis. And you know, at first glance, I think revenue analysis, yeah, I know, I kind of have an idea of what you're talking about. I deal with that all day long, marketing, driving revenue, looking at ways to improve and optimize revenue. But we get into a, an area that I am just not super familiar with. So that's one of the reasons why I was excited to have KJ on is to talk about things like fee balancing to, are you, am I charging the right fees? You know, am I doing this? Am I updating these on a, a regular basis based on what I'm seeing in the marketplace, based on my demographic, what type of, of impact this can have on my practice, renegotiation of, of PPOs and and things like that. So those are, it's just a tremendous conversation because uh, one, for me, I don't have that experience. And two, the the impact that it can have uh, is, is is significant, significant. I mean, she shared, and she shared with this, this with me after the fact, um, you know, we should have gotten into it on the show, but I just wanted to share it because it's so important. You know, I mean, she had an office that increased revenue by 200,000 in, in one year, just through this, you know, looking at these fees, updating fees, underuse coding, misuse coding, that things like that. This is two hundred thousand dollars of additional revenue without the doctor having to work any harder. And that's what's so neat is that you're sitting on these untapped opportunities. And this is the power of looking at. This is why it's so important. I think this is so timely right now. We're in still at the beginning of the, of 2021, and so uh, looking at ways to optimize your business. This is a this is should be one of the top of the list for sure. And so we dive into this with uh, KJ Jordan. So excited to bring this to you. Make sure you have a pen and paper handy, and let's let's get right to it. All right, you guys, we have KJ Jordan with us today. Uh, we're going to be talking about a few different things, but KJ, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it, Mark. Yeah, you bet, you bet. So we were right before we press record, we were talking about a number of different things. Um, and we're so excited to jump into those because as, as I told you, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not super versed in this particular part of, you know, dental practice and dental practice management. And so very, very excited to, to hear, hear your experience, uh, share, have you share your expertise. Um, but it's, what's fun about this, you know, and we were, we were talking about this going back and forth is the neat thing is that there's so many different things, uh, to, so many different elements of making a practice successful, you know, and I, I, I was telling you how, you know, our, 
our lane is is very narrow you know in that regard so we have we do basically facebook ads we do some social media organic posting we do uh email marketing and graphic design like that's that's kind of it and you have this whole other you know 90 percent of, of of running a successful practice and we're going to be talking about some of that today so yeah just as an intro that's kind of um you know it's it's fun to it's fun to have people like you on here that can bring a, a different uh, perspective that can bring your expertise in in your lane you know and and just share that with the audience so thanks for doing that very excited to to get going but let's take a minute to kj and have and just share, share your experience in the dental world so people know kind of where you're coming from yeah, no, absolutely. I um, started as an office manager for a large uh, DSO, and then I moved into a regional manager position. From there, I really wanted to work with a family-owned uh, business. I just really wanted to change. And um, I found this great company out in Maryland, which we were just talking about the O's. Um, yes. <laughs> so uh, I, got, I was fortunate enough to work for them, and I was the VP of operations there. So I've been very high level, but also in the trenches. And I just have a complete understanding of what it takes to Kind of drive that success and the behavioral changes that are associated with uh, success at the end and the results. Um, and it's just been really exciting. This is my favorite industry I've ever been in. And uh, hopefully I, I continue <laughs> to just keep going and going with it. Oh, absolutely. I, I have no question about that. Just because based on, you know, we've only been talking for a few minutes before this and and you can just sense your enthusiasm, your passion for the industry, it's, it's palpable. And that's, that's awesome. You know, I mean, cause you, you run into people that just, they're doing what they're doing, but you're not sure if they're really in it, you know, I mean, yeah. if they're fully committed. Um, but it's clear to me that, that, that you have found the right industry for you, you know, and that's, that's what I love, you know, is finding those, those individuals that really get excited about what they do because, I feel like in order to be really good at what you do, you have to you have to be excited about it. You know, I mean, otherwise you're not probably going to put in as much time or commitment to become as good as you could be. I so, agree. Yeah, so we're going to share j- jump into a few different things, but um, and one thing I wanted to I wanted you to share this again, KJ, because you you said something that really struck me. You said, uh, "What did you say?" You said, "Not com- we're not." Dentists aren't necessarily competing with the dentist down the road. What you sh- share what you said earlier. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely, Mark. I, and I, I mean this wholeheartedly, but dentists aren't competing with the guy down the street or the gal down the street. You're competing with, you know, Disney World and you're competing on the addition to the house or the brand new TV in the basement. So there's this really great sense of community where we can share these best practices and all be successful. There's enough meat on the bone for all of us to take a bite. And I, I think that's really valuable to be part of something so special like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just such a key perspective to maintain is that we're not, yeah, we're not in direct competition. You know, I know that there's people feel like that's the case. You know, they see someone uh, building, you know, opening up a shop down the street, a practice that opens, you know, and there's, there's plenty of them. There's no question, but the reality is there is so many, so many opportunities, so much work for everyone to go around that it is. Yeah, it is. It is comes down to, you know, that discretionary income, what are they using that towards? Is it Disney World with the family? Is it going on vacation somewhere else? Is it, yeah, adding to the house? Um, so, and that's a key perspective, especially when you come to marketing and trying to understand, okay, the, what what that idea, what your patient's going through, you know, because you got to speak to that. You've got to help them help walk them through that that scenario because those are thoughts that are going on in their mind. So, so understanding that I think is is critical. So I love that insight. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so let's get into um, what we were. So one of the things we want to talk about today 
Uh, well, I'll just ask this, this kind of set this up right here is one of the biggest drivers of, of profit is, is charging the right fees, you know, and, and this is something that can easily just be, man, you just, you just kind of get in your routine and you're not really looking at this on a regular basis, but as a, as a practice, how do you, let's start there. How do you know if you're actually charging the right amount uh, for each procedure? That's a great question. And um, the, the key there is using an outside source that maybe has more information or more input. You know, a lot of dentists, what they do is, or a lot of dentists that I've worked with in the past, let me correct, correct that statement. Um, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I update my, my fees every year by a certain percentage, but you're not keeping up with the pace of the market. So it's mm-hmm. really important to dive in specifically to the demographic, to your, to your area and, and know where you are because you don't want that discrepancy or that variance to just enlarge. You want to be fair to the dentistry that you're putting out. Mm. Yeah. So you're looking at, it's not just, okay, it's not just a flat percentage. Is that what you're saying? But it's, you're, you're looking at the whole uh, market as a whole. Um, you're looking at uh, your, your specific demographic. Yeah, that, that plays a huge role. You need to know your market and, um, and, and what the value is. You know, there's a lot of third parties that do all these great things where they augment their data and can get, you know, the most accurate data that they can, but there's a lot of great resources out there. I mean, I, I could count like 20 right now. So there's a lot of help out there that can really hone that in t- for a dental practice and allow them to um, be fair to the market, but also be fair to your patients, right? The last thing you want to do is increase your prices so much or inflate them so much that they're like, oh my gosh, what, ha- what what's happening here? You know, this is, you know, we want to, we want to protect that, right? That's the biggest thing is protecting our patients, but also protecting the business side of, of dentistry, which is the, the practice's wallet at the end of yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So you're saying um, to do this on, and, and your recommendation is to, is to do this on a, a yearly basis. Is that, I mean, that's kind of the uh, part for the course. That's what most, most practices are doing, or, or is it, would you recommend doing, doing it differently? So I, I think it really depends on the practice and, and what their specialties are. And I think that there's always a different strategy. And one thing that that I don't ever want to get skewed is that every practice is different, right? One, mm-hmm. one system that works in one practice may not work, you know, 10 miles down the road. Um, it, it's just, you have to be very specific. So some practices they'll do an update in March and one in October. So it'll be like a smaller percentage here or, or whatever. Um, or you can do it on a yearly basis. It's really just what works for you. And, and what I'm finding is a lot of practices prefer to do it once a year because it's, it's time consuming a little bit, right. To go into yeah. the practice management software and, and take time out of somebody who's, you know, taking care of your patients to sit and, and focus on that. And then, uh, I think the, the other side is, um, you're just busy anyways, right? The phones are ringing off the hook. Yeah. Like, do I want to do this twice a year? I don't think so. So <laughs> it really just depends on the practice and, and how you want to execute it. Um, but I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong answer as long as you're doing it yearly, right? Because the market changes constantly. And so you just, you don't want, once again, going back to that variance, you don't want you to be um, so far behind and not making these increases four or five years down the road. And, and you're negotiating, or you, um, sorry, I didn't mean to say negotiate, but you're uh, trying to get reimbursed for a higher rate. Well, it's not going to happen because you haven't increased your fees in five years. They're going to base it off of that fee that you're currently at your current UCR. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So as you were talking about this, KJ, I thought, okay, there's, there's, there's probably going to be some of those practices, whether it's the, you know, the dentist, office manager, and and, and they're just, I can see it. I can see it right now, you know, that they're, 
maybe having a little bit of hesitation about raising their fees, you know? So what would be your, how would you coach them through that process? No, I think that's a a great point that you bring up. And um, so as far as um, the fees go, I think there's a couple of ways to look at this. One is going back to my comment that I just made, is it when you stay relative to the market and, and you, let's say you're looking at negotiations, for example, um, and you're not five years behind and you've been updating your fees and submitting your full fees into insurance companies. Well, now they're going to look at that fee and not the one that you, you know, forgot to update five years ago. So, so that's an important perspective. Another thing is in most States, um, you know, there's a legislation that's passed where, uh, practitioners are, are a little bit more protected than we think. You just have to look at your specific contracts. And, and what that means is they can't dictate your fee schedule. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but you do have to look at your contracts, right? Because that's going to be something in the fine print. But there's a lot of states that pass legislation that protects that. So what happens in is when you have a patient that has extensive treatment plans, because they, you know, let's say they've been non-compliant for 15 years and they need 15 grand worth of work. Right. Well, typically your insurance is going to max out depending on your state and your employer is 1500 to 2000 bucks. Well, how are we going to pay for the rest of that? Well, now you have an out of pocket, um, uh, patient, right? And so right. if, if there's, if that variance isn't there and you're fair to your market value, you can discount on that and still be profitable on that without, and, um, and help that patient out instead of being so far behind and a discount on top of that, you know, it's just really being fair because you're paying, I mean, look at, where we are today unfortunately you know there's this global crisis of masks and gloves gloves especially right. like um all all these things are changing so you know density to be able to afford those things and and once again it's fair to the, the patient and the market uh the return that you're going to get in the market but also to the to the dentist and and the dentistry that they're that they're actually performing um so they eventually become cash patients um and then there's always cash patients anyway so mm-hmm. those are those are some um Kind of reasons I think it's important to do it, um, and and just that compensation and getting that leverage with the negotiation to to say no, these are my full fees that I've been submitting for one year um, is really going to give you some some leverage when when you are having that conversation, whether that's through a third party or somebody in your practice talking to uh, the insurance company about raising the reimbursement rate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and, and just what you're saying, I, I keep coming back to this idea of. Of really, you know, I mean, it comes down to uh, business management. I mean, you're looking at, like you said, I mean, you see the rising costs of all these supplies and 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 just <laughs> everything, really. I mean, it's crazy labor, um, and that's all factored in to your business, you know. And if you're looking at the numbers and you're really um, breaking those down to determine your profitability, you're looking at that consistently you're going to notice that it, it's starting to cut into all your profitability. If you're not raising your rates, uh, then, then I'm sorry, you're just, you're just not going to be quite as profitable. And the worst, worst case scenario, I mean, and, and I, this would be absolute worst case scenario is that you're not going to be able to open your, keep your doors open. You know, I mean, I don't think it's as drastic uh, maybe as that, but, but that's, that's kind of the route you take or, or the risk you run. If you, if you're not paying attention to those numbers, you know, your, your goal is, you want to serve patients. I, I understand that. That's probably why you came into the profession. Um, you love helping, you love serving, but also you need to, in order to serve more people, you have to, you have to do the business right. You have to do their numbers right. And, and fees are a, a big part of that. Absolutely. So what, um, and this is probably a question too, that, that you get all the time is, 
and you, you alluded to a little bit, but it, you know, why, why should I update my fees when PPOs are determining what will be re- reimbursed? You know, so, so talk to us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think the, the, the biggest thing is they don't necessarily, and, and you also have options, right? So the options are, okay, I can negotiate, I can work with third party, um, you know, businesses that can help me or, you know, you may have somebody in your practice that knows how to negotiate and really can put that time in and it doesn't take away from the business, which is really an important weight that I ask people when they're looking to negotiate is, hey, mm-hmm. can you afford to take that office manager that's super bright and like cranking out treatment plans, making sure all the claims are submitted? You know, they wear so many hats, they're responsible yeah, for so much. Do you right. have the ability to take them out of that? Or is it worth it to pay somebody else to do it so you can continue, you know, um, giving the best quality of care, not only from the service standpoint of the dentistry, but also from the service person to person interaction, right? That's a huge deal. People mm-hmm. want to be treated well and people don't really want to be at the dentist, unfortunately. So <laughs> somebody's got to buffer that and help them feel a little bit at ease, right? We have to have empathy there. So yeah. I think that that's a critical question to ask. Um, and then I think the other thing is, um, you know, just staying relative to the market, like understanding the pace of the market and what's happening in your specific demographic, but also you are eventually going to have cash patients. Not everybody's healthy. And and that's unfortunate. But, you know, I like you said, I think dentists are in this industry because, you know, they're here to serve people and they have this specific kind of part. I've worked for all kinds of dentists and, and right. the root of their heart is very similar. They want to take care of people and they, and Maybe, you know, maybe for free sometimes, you know, um, mm-hmm. they're just good hearted people and they care about helping others. So um, to, to offset that a little bit is to increase these fees to be able to afford like the PPE um, influxes that we're you know, incurring now. Um, but also those patients that do have extensive treatment plans, they exhaust their benefits. Well, what happens then? Um, they're cash patients. You don't want to be 10 years behind of not updating the fees and discounting that rather than being in the fair market value and discounting that and, and doing a service to them financially, but also making sure you're protecting, you know, your profitability. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So one, one question I had additional question I had for you was as you were talking about negotiating, negotiating rates, uh, how much, how much leeway is there with that? You know, I mean, it's, it's, again, I, I don't have a, a ton of experience dealing with dealing with these, you know, PPOs, how much how much latitude is there in that negotiation process? So I think there's a few this is why like I sought out an expert because it's so it's it's so time consuming, but also there are some that aren't gonna negotiate with you at all, right? There's some yeah. big PPO companies out there that, that they're not even gonna hear it, right? So um, it's nice to be able to work with hand in hand with somebody who can transparently come back and say, Hey Mark, you know, you're in network with 10, I can only negotiate five. Is yeah. you want to move forward with this kind of thing. Um, but to have that transparency and to have somebody who knows so much about it, to be able to bring that information back to you, I, it made me feel great when I was in that process and, and doing that with several of my practices. It, it really, um, it, it allowed me to continue to do the things that I need to do to help my yeah. practices thrive. But also I had an expert, right? I'm not the expert in, in negotiating. And so that's something that I consider. And it really just depends once again with um, with what the PPOs say and who you get in contact with and, and stuff like that. But there, I mean, people negotiate. I mean, it's a very common topic that we all discuss constantly. Is yeah. I want a higher reimbursement. I'm going to ne- negotiate. I feel like I hear at least once a 
Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's important to remember is just the time commitment, the time investment, you know, if you're trying to do this by yourself on your own, man, I mean, I think of all those practices that I've talked to from a marketing standpoint that try to do that, whether they're, you know, looking to, you know, run their own campaigns, uh, do SEO or things that are just, uh, it takes so much time and effort to even, you know, even get going on that first step. And to your point, I mean, trying to identify which, which carrier, you know, which carriers are going to be, are negotiable, are open to negotiation, yeah. you know, and then imagine spending 10 hours, then finally realizing that, hey, that they're not even going to budge, you know, I mean, but to have someone who can look at that and say, it's not even worth your time to go down that route. You know, here's yeah. the ones that can, we're going to, you want to focus on those. So <laughs> I think that's, yeah, something very, very important to remember because, and, and you alluded to this too, it's just, uh, and you've done this too. I mean, you, as a office manager, regional manager, you, you just know how busy everyone is in that office. Like everyone has, is assuming several different responsibilities. It's not just a, a well-defined one responsibility, but they all, they all bleed over into these other, other areas. And so to ask them to do this on top of uh, above and beyond of what they're already doing is, is, is like asking for the moon sometimes. <laughs> And some people, hey, some people can do it, but I, I agree yeah. with you. I think you you played that out really well because, I mean, once again, go to the expert. And that's just my opinion because I want to work smartly and, and effectively use my time. And you're right. You could spend 10 hours yeah. you know, on something and get nowhere. Like That's pretty frustrating, especially considering all this other work that people have on their plate. So I think that's a great point. Yeah. So, what, so if you're doing this right, say you're getting some some help to look at this. Uh, to evaluate, to give you feedback recommendations on how to, you know, uh, charge the right fees on how to, you know, what you can do to renegotiate different areas. What type of impact can we, can you, can you expect to see on your practice when you're doing this? So I think um, financially it can be really rewarding, especially if you're going to, you know, a consultant or a coaching, it's really nice to get an outside perspective sometimes because we can think very subjectively and get very emotionally attached. And I know that that could be a sensitive topic, but you know, there could be somebody that you're protecting that maybe might not even be the best fit for their position they're in. Maybe they need to be doing something else in the practice. Yeah. Um, so to get that outside perspective that are just looking at the numbers, right? That are telling a story and to be able to translate that into a behavioral change and actionable items, I think is really critical. So we're talking about not just updating the fees, but just having somebody look at look at some of the results, right? And I think that that's always a great calibration because, yeah. you know, looking at 2020, like, I mean, I think a lot of people were affected by COVID, you know, whether it was for four weeks or not, because a lot of us were restricted to only seeing emergencies or somebody could have been in the middle of a procedure or something. So, you know, I, I think looking forward, we always want to be better, right? So to get that perspective really allows you to calibrate and get your team aligned and rowing in the same direction towards the goals and making those goals known. So I, I think it's really important to, to consider getting an outside perspective. Yeah. And it, it, it's funny. It reminds me of this book that I just finished. It's called who not how, and it's by um, Dr. Benjamin Hardy and this business coach, Dan Sullivan. And I followed Dan for a long time. Um, and I've read a couple of uh, Dr. Hardy's books but it's really good. This, this whole idea, and this is exactly what we're speaking to is finding those people that are really good at what they do and that, you know, staying in their lanes and, and just delivering on that particular, you know, portion of your business, you know, and so that you're, 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 which allows you to, you know, really 
take allows you to focus on those things that you do best at, you know, and you could go so much farther uh, when you have that type of setup. When, but if you're trying to do this all yourself, you know, you're just going to get worn out. You're not going to get, it doesn't yield the best results. You're not going to arrive at the destination you're hoping for just because you're frankly, you're just not as good as, as some of the other people that can do this really well. And so I think, I think that that principle applies here uh, and you can apply that in so many different areas, you know? And so um, it, it's just interesting that it came up right now. <laughs> very cool. I wrote down the book name. <laughs> <laughs> it's short, you know, it's a very short one. Um, but it's, yeah, the, the concept is extremely powerful because uh, I'm, you know, and I'm guilty of this uh, to so many, <laughs> to, to a large degree, you know, we're, we're, um, uh, and, you know, during COVID, we've had so many things uh, we've that we've done to our yard. You know, our yard's been really blessed by COVID. <laughs> let's, just, let's just say that we've done. Uh, we built a tree house for the kids. We've done. We're working on a. I'm working on a fire pit and uh, uh, like a, a brick oven and a pergola. It's all kind of with pavers and all this kind of big thing. But you know, I've also <laughs> I've struggled with this this who not how concept and it's. I've been reading this book and feeling guilty because I'm not doing this because I'm all trying to do it by myself, which, which is fun. Like I, this is something I enjoy. Um, but you know, I could have been done with this six months ago, you know, if I just had, you know, hired the right people and had them come or even asked people that know the heck what they're doing, you know, they could come down and, and, and help me, you know, so we could get this done faster, but it's a great, you know, it's just a, it's a good principle to think on, uh, to reflect on regularly and see, see those areas where, Hey, who can, who can help me do this better? You know, how can I improve in this area? Who can, who is the person, instead of asking, how do I do this? Ask who is the right person to do this? So um, what, one thing, you know, as you're, as you're looking at this, um, what, you know, we've touched on, on, on a number of different things here. So we've talked, we've talked about making sure that your, your fees are in, in, in order, that you're, you're setting those at the right rates. Um, which, which has a direct effect on reimbursements and you're looking at you know, possible renegotiation of, of reimbursements, um, looking at, okay, getting, getting help from, from an outside source, someone who knows what they're doing. Are, are there any additional benefits you know, that we haven't covered from, from having someone who's, who's not associated with the practice, someone who's not you know, seeing things that you're seeing every single day, but can come in and look at it from an alternative point of view? What, what other benefits are there uh, that we may have missed. Sure. I think some of those include like getting somebody who has like, let's say like a track record of like really improving and driving revenue um, and having that understanding, but being able to read the story, like I said before, like read the results and how does that correlate to a behavior? And I think the connecting factor is figuring out that you're not alone, right? Like the, the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest relationship in a practice is between the office manager and the dentist, right? right. Um, they're, they're both taking care of people, but they're also holding people accountable. And I think right. accountability is huge um, because you can talk the talk all day and say, these are my goals, these are my goals. But if you're not calibrating with your team, coaching in the moment, gaining commitment, and that, that accountability culture is not going to be there. So I think um, being able to kind of get this high level like um, assessment and then being able to work with that person to uh, say, hey, here's the roadmap to um, to the goals that I want in my practice based on the information that you just shared with me. What are the best practices and what are some standard operating procedures I can use here? And you can shoot a couple of those back and forth and the dentist and the office manager can probably come back and say, well, I have a problem with 
Schmoozy Q and this is right. why we can't do this. Um, but those are great conversations to have. And instead of just saying, oh, we have Susie Q, we're stuck with her. Well, let's figure out how we can work with her and how can we blast through these barriers that are just, you know, in our face every day. Um, everybody is, should be managed differently, right? We're all different people. And I think being able to understand that and, and know that this something that, you know, makes you tick mark isn't the same thing that's going to make me, you know, mm. drive, drive the results. So that, I think that's an important perspective, but to, once again, I think when you have that outside perspective, we're not, I don't, we don't have that emotional attachment. And I know it sounds like ugly, but I think it's a good <laughs> thing, right? Because yeah. it's not swayed. Our view's not swayed. We're looking at the results and that's what we're focused on. Um, and, and not only that, but maybe we have ideas that you haven't thought about yet, right? Yeah. Or, or, or maybe there's strategies that we've done uh, differently that, that you like were just like, oh my gosh, this is what I needed. And I didn't even think mm -hmm. about it. So it's just, it goes back to that community of, of dentistry, right? Like there's enough knowledge out there and we should be able to share that with each other and, and be able to all be successful. And, um, and I, I don't know, that's the exciting yeah. thing about being able to do these outside uh, assessments is, is really being able to hone in on those, on the results and then direct that into actionable items. Yeah. And it's just, it, it really is having someone identify blind spots for you and, for and, sure. and if you've been there before, you know, I think of, someone, someone who's been to the top of the mountain and is out there and can see your path below, you know, and say, Hey, you're going to want to take a right in about 10 yards, you know, otherwise you're, you're going to face like a, a steep cliff, you know I mean? So just, they can see that high level where they've already been where you are, you know? And so they know the pitfalls, they know the challenges of, of having a team member. That's just, you know, it's hard to get buy-in from that team member and they can offer that type of advice. Um, and, and a lot of times too, you know, I mean, this happens to me quite a bit where I'll, I think deep down subconsciously or intellectually, I understand the, the road that I need to take forward, but I need that validation from someone else to say, yes, you need to do this for me to sometimes just take action and, and go hundred percent in that direction. So yeah, having someone who's, who is uh, emotionally un unattached to the situation, because we all know that emotions can <laughs> distort your perception of things a little bit or a lot of it. Um, and, and so have someone that's on the outside looking in and just giving you some direction. And that's, that's, what's cool about this is that, you know, these are, uh, these are people that care about the success of your business. It's not that they're, and when we say emotionally unattached, it's not that they don't care about that. They're not, um, you know, these hard nosed, <laughs> so totally focused on the numbers type people, but they're, they really just want the best for you um, and your, and your business, because that's, you know, their business, their success is predicated on your success and growth. And so having someone in your corner that can do that for you is a tremendous, tremendous asset. No, no question. And I love what you said, KJ, too, just how, how it really brings in, it can bring in your team altogether, you know, because there's, there are going to be challenges with, with um, implementing new practice it new, new uh not practice but yeah, best practices i guess yeah and applying those you know to your your specific practice um but when you can get everyone on board uh you know and this could be the catalyst that really brings everyone together so that you are like you said rowing in that same direction and it's going to allow you to really catapult yourself to a much uh a bunch much better situation down the road um and so yeah i think that's a that's a huge thing to remember is the is the is the the team aspect of all this? Um, how how do you kind of when you're going through this? What are what are some uh, what were some recommendations you'd have, or what are some of the things that you guys do per or you do personally 
uh, when you're working with a practice like this to, to help get the team involved? That's a great question. I think there's, there's many things, but like you have to a have the right people in the right place, but you also have to curate this beautiful culture. And how can you do that by you? Well, in my opinion, you can do that by, you know, amplifying goals, talking about them daily. Right. Hey, what, and, and not overloading. I don't think that 20 goals is the answer. You let's say three goals a month, right? You master those, you move on. And that just becomes part of your everyday success. And then you're just adding and adding and adding, but it's about talking about them. It's about, um, coaching in the moment. You know, if you see somebody doing something wrong and, and, and they, I mean, they know you're there, right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't say anything. Well, you, you basically just said to them that that behavior is okay. And it's not right. So you can't really be afraid to be like, Hey, listen, I just heard you on the phone there. If you could change something about that conversation, what would it be? Do you think that was an awesome call or no? And just empower your team. Like Mm -hmm. people want, like you said, like sometimes people just want direction. Right. And, and we want clear direction. And if you can just kind of keep every, if you can play the navigator, right? Like, well, we used to have Tom Toms and stuff, but if you can play that person and keep everybody on track, then your, your entire team's going to be successful. And they're going to be really excited when you start rewarding the, the successes that they have and celebrating those wins. I mean, I would, I would embarrass people probably because I would just be like, Oh my God, did you hear that? That was the best, that was the best interaction I've ever heard with a patient and you crush it. And I can't believe you just did that. Like you are remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then now everybody's paying, they're like, Oh my God, I want to feel this great. And it's just, it's so intoxicating, but it also helps the patients. Patients know when there's a wedge driven between you know, staff members, they can feel that. I mean, they're already stressed. Once again, I know this is hard to hear, but they don't necessarily want to be the dentist, right? Yeah. There's this fear of the dentist. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, when, but when you have the opposite, people are like, oh my God, your reviews go up. You know, yeah. there's just all these successes that come. So vocalize those goals, coach in the moment, get people excited and bought in. Like this is for the better, why, you know, and ask people, why are you in this industry? And most people will say, because they want to help others. Right. And, mm-hmm. and to see somebody do like a full mouth rehab, that is like, oh. I mean, I've seen tears and tears. Oh shed. yeah. That's it game changer. From, oh, it's life changing and their yeah. confidence changes. And it's just like overwhelming how great it feels to see a dentist be able to do that. And you help like schedule these appointments and, and get them on the books urgently. And I don't know, it's just a magical thing, but it's all about the the culture and really sharing, um, sharing the goals and, and holding the team accountable. It's okay if somebody makes mistakes, but, but you've got to have the conversation around how, how to empower them to do better and, and, and let them answer that. You know, like yeah. a, a lot of times you learn better when you're like, you're thinking through and you're like, Oh my God, I was really short with that person or yeah. I didn't smile or, you know, just little things. And so it just, it's really exciting when you, when you plug in the, uh, the accountability to the goals and the culture. I mean, it, it's yeah. just, you're going to win. You're going to yeah. win. No, it's so true. It's so true. If you don't, if you don't make it a big deal, it's not going to be a big deal to them. And so Correct. if you're taking the time to, to, yeah, like you said, to really emphasize those goals and, and allow your team to take part in those, in the success of those goals and celebrate those successes, then you're going to see everyone's uh, ability and performance just elevated. You know, it'll elevate everyone's um, participation and engagement and you're going to see better ideas become of this. Um, and it's just, it's just so, yeah, like I love that word intoxicating because it gets everyone on board, you know, and people are going to want to be a part of that. And it's just, and I love too this whole idea of keeping 
uh, focus on on the why you're doing this, you know, and and that's something that we talk a lot about uh, with with our clients and and even on the podcast is making the patient the hero of your story, you know, and so remembering the why why you're doing this, and and I loved the example you gave of a, a, a smile makeover. Um, and, and, you know, that being able to do that for a patient and then just to witness that, I mean, you, sh- that would be so cool to just have that patient, like walk around and have all the team come in and celebrate that moment for that patient and know that they each took part in that, in the success of that could, it could have been the, you know, whether it's the hygienist or the assistant that's, that's prompting them or, or encouraging them to, Hey, let's just talk about this. Let's explore this opportunity. You know, I mean, cause that, that takes courage, right? I mean, to, to ask someone about that and, and yeah. to get them on board to, to fill them up with hope and that this could be right for them and then to do the actual procedure. And then how cool would that be as a patient to have this whole practice come together and really celebrate something that is so life-changing uh, like that, you know, I mean, to, to know that you have the support of the entire team would be, man, that would be phenomenal. You know, just, just absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, lots of great things. And, and just the whole role of the team is, is critical, you know, and that's just going to make everyone closer together, more excited to come to work, more excited to do what they do. Yeah. There's going to be parts that, that are just, you kind of have grit your teeth and get through. Um, but for the most part, this, this vision is going to, it's going to carry you, uh, you know, into just into a better position overall as a practice. Uh, love that. I love that. So Kate, I know we could keep going on this forever, but I, we're kind of coming up on, on time. What, Eddie, do you have any last comments um, uh, on, on, on what we've talked about so far? I, I think just simply just remember the why and remember to expose the why. Why are you here? Why are you doing this? Why are you in dentistry? And, and for the most part, people have a similar story, right? And, and share those wins, not just, you know, your, your wins with the coaching, but the wins with these patients, right? Like, yes. To, to be so scared and to like walk out and like you're smile and they can't stop smiling. I mean, I, I get <laughs> emotional talking about it because it's yeah. like, it's so, it's so like encouraging. And it just reminds you that like, like you're in this industry to help people and yeah. you know, whether that be get them out of pain or like a physical change, or whatever that is. And um, it's just so powerful. And, and when you get people who are about that, that service type, you know, livelihood that we want to be part of, I think you get a lot of great people around you. So it's kind of easy to curate this really awesome culture and really celebrate the wins and, and kind of have conversations around those opportunities that maybe, you know, whoever it is in the practice that needs it. But, um, and, and it's just, it's just this perpetual uh, circle of just fun. And, mm-hmm. you know, you wake up and you can't wait to get to work. And, you know, I, I feel like people deserve that, right? We work hard and we work a lot and love what you do. And Absolutely. I think it's just simple, simple reminders is, is really the only takeaway. I just, uh, I want people to feel good about what they do and be passionate about it. Uh, couldn't have said it any better. Uh, perfect way to, to wrap this all up. Uh, KJ, thank you so much for spending time with us. So if people are interested, uh, you know, learning more about what you guys do or connecting with you personally, what's the best way to get in touch with you? So uh, we have um, my email, which is, you want me to say it or do you want? Yeah, say it, and then I'll post it in the show notes. But okay. just say it on here. Sure. So, uh, KJ8713 at Benco.com. We also have a practice coaching email, which I'll send to you so you can put it in the notes as well. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, yeah, awesome. KJ Jordan, practice solutions business developer at Benco. Uh, so, so glad to have you on here. We'll definitely have to have you back. 
Just, yeah, I love talking it. with you. Yeah, you're, you're just a <laughs> great person to connect with. So much energy, tons of expertise. Um, so you, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Mark. I really had a great time. Hey, my friends. Thank you for joining us today on the show. And if you haven't yet, be sure to check out our website for resources, downloads, and additional information at www dentalmarketingsecretspodcast.com. Again, that's dentalmarketingsecretspodcast.com. And we'll catch you next time on the show.